Hello and welcome to this episode of the Print On Demand Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Egler, here with my co-host, Adrian Von Arks. Today, we're diving into news and happenings in the print on demand and e-commerce space that you need to know about right now. Uh, you want to stay tuned until the end because there is some very interesting conversation on things like buy now, pay later, AI, and some print on demand related companies that might be closing up shop in 2024. So you definitely want to listen to this episode. It's going to be awesome. Before we dive in, I also want to ask you to subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us reach new listeners and it helps us grow this podcast. So if you're listening on Apple or, or Spotify, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you also hit that subscribe button so you get notified when new episodes release. With all that out of the way, let's dive in. Adrian, what's up, man? We're back. We are back. You are back from a pickleball tournament in Palm Springs. And um, I have a very big announcement that I want to share. Uh, so I'm going to make this really brief, but this is this is a big deal for me personally. Uh, I'm going to be doing my first ever completely free live masterclass called How to Make Your First $10,000 with Shopify and Print On Demand next week. So Let's I go. am extremely fired up about this. Uh, in the training, I'm going to be sharing a couple different things, how to start and grow a profitable print-on-demand business in 2024, the exact roadmap that I use to generate, uh, go from $0 in sales to generating over $2.5 million in sales, and then my proven marketing strategy to drive traffic to your website, convert shoppers into customers, and scale up winning designs. So I just wanted to share that right out of the gate, get that out of the way. And I want to let everyone listening to know uh, that you are all invited. So there are two time slots. One is Wednesday, January 24th at 12 p.m. Eastern time. And the next one is Thursday, January 25th at 12 p.m. Eastern time. So if that does sound like something interesting to you and you want to claim one of those spots, just click the link in the show notes. On, or on my YouTube channel, or go to my Instagram page at Ecom Legends Academy to sign up. Uh, the last thing I want to say about it is that because it is over Zoom, spots are limited. So just be sure to sign up ASAP to secure a seat. So if you're ready to level up in 2024 and harness that new year energy, let's go. <laughs> I, uh, dude, I'm just like, bursting with enthusiasm like it's 2024 yeah. baby it's time to make moves <laughs> so um just really excited to meet a bunch of our listeners and just wanted to extend that invite to everyone and just to be clear this is not six-figure founder this is not advanced coaching so six-figure founder is an advanced coaching program this is a master class more on beginner coaching so how to make mm -hmm. that first ten thousand dollars in t-shirt apparel sales so that's all I want to say about that. Carrie, man, how are you doing? Dude, I'm great, man. And uh, I want to say too, I know, I know I've had a chance to uh, see a, see most of the the training and content, you know, that you have inside your program, uh, T-Shirt Legends Academy. And it's it's top notch. It's it's incredible. You guys, you and Carlos both uh, are amazing at uh, what you do. And so I can definitely vouch for T-Shirt Legends Academy is the stuff, man. It's awesome. Thank you, it's my awesome. friend. Thank you. Coming from you, coming from you, that means so much. So thank you very much. I yeah. really appreciate that. Yeah, it's a great, great program. Um, that's very cool to hear. Uh, I, I do want to. I do also want to share a Apple review from one of our listeners, a five star yes. review that came in. Uh, this one was especially, especially uh, uh, meaningful to me. Uh, it was in regards or in reference to my recent solo episode. I did uh, kind of three mindsets on growth, and I can't really say the name here. I'll try though. It's a neurodivergent WA. Wow. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so. Yeah. A neurodivergent. Okay. Neurodivergent. That makes sense. So it's a neurodivergent. Okay. Maybe Washington. Uh, or <laughs> like, I, don't know, WA. I don't know what the anyway. WA means though. Yeah. Anyways, you know who you are. You're out there and we appreciate you. Your review says, uh, love this episode. A great way to reflect on 2023. Appreciated the vulnerable sharing from your private life. Acknowledging that sometimes life happens and it, it's what you do next that can make or break. Mindset plus the three actionable strategies shared are key to success, whatever that looks like for each of us heading into 2024. Thank you, Carrie, and all the best to your family. 
I really, really appreciate that. A neurodivergent. Thank you so much for that five-star review. Adrian, it was kind of kind of interesting because we uh, I did that episode, solo episode, uh, and that was episode 54. If you want to go back and listen to it, three critical insights that blew up my business. Uh, it's episode 54. I did that episode and um, it was kind of a different one. Like it, yeah. we, I think what we do here on the podcast is we we try to, and there's actually some other reviews we've been getting recently that have kind of backed this up, but we try to lay things out in kind of a step-by-step format, right? Like whatever topic we're talking about, we don't want to just talk about it. We want it to be actionable for the most part. Mm-hmm. There's some episodes that maybe break that mold a little bit and maybe today's episode will as well, but we want, we want our content to be actionable. So it's not just entertainment value. It's actually, it's actionable uh, content that will help you hopefully get results. And so in that mindset episode, you know, I shared three, just like things that I've learned over the last couple of years that have helped my business grow. But then I tried to break those down into like, here's how to actually apply this, not just consume the content and then be like, oh, that was cool. It was interesting to listen to. So anyways, I did that and I wasn't, I didn't know what to expect it, but the feedback has been like, I've gotten a lot of feedback on that episode. I, I'm kind of shocked because I just didn't know if people would be like, ooh, mindset skip or if people liked right. it. So, so far, you know, I think, I think the feedback has been really well. So I, Really appreciate that review. Thank you so much. Means a lot to me to hear that. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I just want to want to talk on that for one second because you're, you're right. Like we are big on edutainment. You know, we 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 try to educate, but we try to make it fun and entertaining. This is a long form platform, so you know those listening get to see who we are, the guys behind the the mic. Um, and we, you know, we're vulnerable here. We're ourselves here. We're casual here. This is who we are. Um, and it's so interesting because I listened to that episode of yours, Carrie, and man, that was good. I was like, this is so, this is like a much needed episode. We've never actually had a kind of a dedicated mindset episode. And you know, what's funny. I love talking about mindset. I love it between you and me and all of our listeners, when I was graduating college, I actually wanted to be a motivational speaker. Isn't that funny? I wanted to be like a Tony Robbins. It's not and funny at all, dude. We <laughs> we can all see it listening to the podcast, obviously. But I like I literally was like, how do I become a motivational speaker? Um, and then I got scared and I was like, who would be motivated by me? What do I have to share? What value do I have to share at this point in my life? Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, I like didn't do anything about it because I was terrified. Um, but I still like love talking about mindset. I just didn't think it was a very sexy topic to talk mm-hmm. about on a podcast. I actually did not think that our listeners would want to hear much about mindset. But after listening to your episode, seeing some of the feedback, and then even one of our members and six figure founder like reached out to us, and he actually asked if we could do a dedicated mindset episode mindset episode after your episode, Carrie. Mm-hmm. Um, so it sounds like there's a demand, you know, people want to hear some mindset stuff. Like everybody struggles with mindset. Everybody, yeah. the, the, the most successful people in the world can struggle with mindset. You know, we struggle with mindset. Everybody does. So uh, I would love to talk about this topic more. And I, I just want to make an ask of our listeners. Like if that's something that you're really interested in, let us know. Because we, th- we, we want to take this podcast where you want it to go. We really do listen to your suggestions and your feedback. So if you do want more mindset stuff, hit us up on Instagram at Ecomotions Academy for me, at Carrie Egler, uh, or on our YouTube videos. And let us know because we really do take this stuff into consideration. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was fun making it. Uh, it, I'm kind of the opposite. It's, I never wanted to be a motivational speaker. I still don't really want to, uh, but I, I really, really enjoy sharing. Um, like I, I love making content. I love educating. I love helping other people grow and all those kind of things. But uh, like the mindset, talking about the mindset part of it is a little bit scary for me because all the other stuff comes a little bit more naturally. Like I can tell you, here's how to, build a Shopify store step-by-step or whatever. But, uh, you know, those things, it comes a little bit easier for me because that's how my brain is wired is I, I want to see the step-by-step. I want, like I very strategic and tactical and those kind of things. That's just how I'm wired. Uh, and so the mindset, some, at some points in my journey just didn't, didn't, it wasn't as important to me. And as I've grown, I've realized how important it really is to 
the actual results you're getting, like <laughs> it's a huge portion. So uh, it was actually a little uncomfortable to make that episode for me, but I felt like it was needed. And so really appreciate the feedback and uh, let's, let's move on. Let's move on. Cause you're let's making me uncomfortable. Roll. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, so today's episode, we're, we're going to be talking about four topics in kind of just the print on demand and e-commerce news area, you know, four, four things that are, uh, recent recent news articles that have come out, uh, things you probably need to be up and know, you know, things you need to know as an as a e commerce print on demand seller, just really things that hap- that are happening right now uh, in print on demand. So this is a, a new kind of format. It's probably not something we would do, you know, uh, really frequently, uh, just because there's not maybe not as many stories to share, but uh, you know, all the time. But something we could do from time to time. So again. As Adrian said about the, what we were just talking about, let us know if you enjoy this type of episode. This is going to be a little bit less strategic and, and kind of step-by-step and a little more just some broad topics that we want to share our thoughts on. And uh, I, want, I definitely want to hear your takes on these things because I've made some notes on a few different things. I want to hear what you think about these things. So let us know what you think about this episode. If it's something you, know, you want us to continue to do, this is the first time we're ever doing it. And the last thing I'll say before we jump into the first topic is... Uh, coming into 2024 and leaving 2023 behind, there that's kind of where this came from. A lot of these things are, you know, they're things that have happened over the last year that, you know, coming into 2024, maybe we need to make some adjustments or maybe we need, we need to be aware of these things. And uh, and so that's that's kind of that's kind of where this came from, right? It makes sense at yeah. the beginning of a new year to talk about this. So are you ready to rock and roll, Adrian? Dude, I'm excited for this episode. It's totally different for us in the news, in the media, like print on yeah. demand news, whatever you want to call it. I think that um, I hope that our listeners appreciate hearing this stuff because it is nice to be in the know and it's kind of hard to be in the know on what's happening in print on demand all the time. So maybe we'll do this once a quarter or something. Um, It'd be great to hear feedback after the episode if people really like it. Um, But yeah, let's fire away, man. Yeah. I think uh, the last thing I was was going to say is there's, 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 there are also some topics that are a little bit deeper in the print on demand space that are a little bit smaller that I didn't include in this episode, but could be included in future episodes. For instance, like when a print on demand releases some new products or a new print method or different things like that, that aren't necessarily like big news stories, but they're things that, you know, we might hear about here in the print on demand community. And, uh, and you also mentioned even as a, even us as like, so, so-called print on demand experts, I guess you could say, uh, it's hard for us to keep up with everything going on, right? Like, yeah. you know, so there, there's a, there's, there's a lot going on, but let's do it. So the first topic today was actually brought up by uh, one of our listeners brought this up to us. And um, I went and did some research and, uh, and found some more info about it. And so I want to make our listeners aware. I didn't know this was happening and just found out again via one of our listeners. But the first topic is smart mockups is closing up shop in 2024. Kind of wild. So if you don't know what smart mockups is, it's basically a place it competitor. So we we talk about place it, we love place it. I've been using it for six, seven years. So their smart mockups is a place it competitor. It's an online, uh, it's a website, uh, online software where you can create um, basically print on demand or apparel and different different types of products, but create mockups, uh, really realistic mockups. And so they have announced that they are officially closing smart mockups on September 27th, 2024. Uh, I didn't know this, but they were bought by Canva in 2021. Uh, so a, f- a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you if you have, so it's a couple of things to know here. Just want to make sure everybody's kind of in the know on this. And then we'll kind of talk about what this means for, for print on demand. But um, if you have smart mockups, you'll basically just, you know, your subscription will stop in September. No, nothing really too crazy there. But what they want us to know, if you're asking, like, is it go- completely going away, is that they've actually integrated most of the smart mockups capability into Canva. So because Canva bought them in 2021, now they've brought brought smart mockups into the Canva ecosystem. So you actually, if you go into Canva and you click on apps, uh, there is a mockups area. And they have a ton of mockups inside Canva. So, Adrian, what are your initial thoughts on this? Maybe why? Why do you think they're closing? Well, what's what's happening here? Is this bad so, good? Well, okay. So I, I do have some thoughts on this. First of all, I think that's awesome that it's integrated to Canva. Like mm-hmm. the more we can have more in one single tool, the, the better it is for mm-hmm. us, for not a man sellers. Like it's so nice to have a tool that 
gives us multiple features, right? Canva is great for text-based designs and it's great for finding graphic elements, design elements. It's great for, you know, fonts and it's, you know, but mockups is not really an area that it's shown. Uh, but smart mockups, as a user of smart mockups, I can say there's some really good mockups in there. Uh, I think the reason why, well, the reason why they're shutting down, I think, is because if Canva owns them and they integrated them into Canva, then that's just more reason for someone to use Canva. Uh, you know, uh, I also just think that smart mockups always had like a fraction of the mockups that a place it had. Place it just yeah. has exponentially more mockups than smart mockups. So it's obviously hard to compete, right? Because place it's so damn cheap. It's so well priced that it's almost like a no brainer for a lot of print on demand sellers. And they're always adding more mockups and they've got a ton of functionality aside from just mockups. I think that's where they shine is mockups. I think that's what most, most print on demand sellers use them for, but it's just, it's such a dominant tool and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about, what you mentioned on the last episode about consolidation. Like true. companies are consolidating, man. Like it's just, I, I, I feel like the, the pack is separating. There's like the kind of little straggler e-commerce, like software tools, whatever you want to call them. And then there's the really big ones that are totally dominant, the canvas of the world, the placets of the world. Um, and it, it, we were talking about in the context of print on demand companies, but I also think in the context of tools, because if one tool gives you 10 times the, the functionality, 10 times the options of another tool, and it's only how much is, is place it like, it, it's like maybe like 10 to 15 bucks a month. I forget off the top of my yeah. head. 999, 999 okay. a month. 9.99 a month. Like, dude, how do you compete with that? How do you compete? And they're always growing. Like they're always adding more. So um, maybe we're going to see consolidation in more than just print on demand companies in 2024. What do you think? Yeah, so... I was doing a little more, a uh, little more research here, so it's interesting. Some of those points points that you that you brought up. Um, so yeah, well, the first thing I was going to say in response to what you said, just about place it versus smart mockups, and we're not definitely not hating on smart mockups because I do think it's cool that they're going to going to be integrated into Canva. You know, if you have a Canva Pro, if you have a Canva Pro account, I mean, you now you have access to, uh, in theory, thousands of of apparel and other kinds of mockups, realistic mockups there, which is really cool to have that just included as part of your subscription. But I think from an acquisition standpoint, Canva acquires them in 2021. If they were if they were able to compete as a standalone software against Placeit, there's no way to just take there's or there's no reason for Canva to just take away that revenue stream, you know, and just like dissolve it into Canva because mm -hmm. I was looking at the pricing right here and so, so Smart Mockups was priced at $14 per month. Oh, um wow. $14 per month, which can't uh, place it's at $9.99 per month. And I think that's the annual monthly price, but Canva pro is only $14.99 per month. So, mm. I mean, there's a couple ways to look at it here. I mean, if you, you know, first of all, there's no reason, there was no, there was no reason to really have just smart mockups. If you, if you already had Canva, right? Like that didn't really make sense because Canva is $14.99. And if you had that same functionality in there, but if you're a like if you're a Canva user and you and you were using smart mockups for 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 whatever reason or you know maybe before the functionality was built into Canva like this is a win like you're getting this you know you have it all in your pro subscription uh, so you don't have to have any standalone software which is really really cool um, but yeah I mean I I don't know I think I think that's my point of view is like they couldn't they couldn't really compete with Placeit as a standalone so they're just going to be into Canva if you have Canva Pro. There, you know, that's a lot of cool stuff that you that you have in there now. So, you know, it's kind of my having, thoughts. Yeah, I, I have a thought on that. Having paid for both alongside each other, and then eventually canceling my Spark Mockups membership yeah. to just use Placeit and to use the free Smart Mockup Mockups because they did have some free ones, which yeah. were actually pretty good. I love 
I love smart mockups. I really like it. But when I when I, I was paying for both and I was comparing both and I'm like, 90% of my mockups are coming from PlaySit just because of variety. They just have so yeah. much more variety. And I actually had some really successful, one in particular, crazy successful mockup from Smart Mockups, which ended up being a six-figure ad creative for me. But it was actually on the free plan. Like it was actually one of the free <laughs> ones. And I was like 95% of my uh, income from Smart Mockups mockups was coming from this one free one. So I was like, why would I be paying for both if almost all the mockups are coming from PlaySit? I'm using this one for some mockups that's free. So yeah. that actually just came to me as you were talking about this. Uh, and like they just, there was just, it, it would be a hard to make a case as much as I loved smart mockups. It would be really hard for anyone to make a case to go with smart mockups over PlaySit because of just how many more, the sheer volume of mockups that they had. So I think this was a good move by Canva and I'm excited that they're in Canva now. That's amazing. So Canva, that just adds more value for Canva users and it allows them to have a bit more variety of mockups all yeah, in one at, place, which is nice too. I'm looking at the apparel mockups in Canva, which is apparently smart mockups. There's a lot. It doesn't have like a number, like you know, like place it has kind of that number out there. Mm -hmm. But I'm scrolling and it's pretty endless. Like there's probably thousands of mockups in here. So that's it's pretty awesome to have that inside Canva. Um, I I would say that like you said, place it has way more, and also it does so many more other things that are really really cool. So right. yeah, I mean place it place it is amazing. I I pay for both Canva Pro and place it because mm -hmm. I think there's need Same. need for both in in my own business but uh yeah let's let's kind of wrap that one up let's move to number two unless you have any more thoughts on that no i i use both too and i recommend both i recommend using canva pro and place it alongside each other yeah. um like you so number okay, two number two, number two talking about ai and print on demand obviously ai has been a hot topic for the last year to two years um it seems to be growing at a exponential pace Taking over the world, uh, there's this one. This one's a little, little, little bit of a could be a little bit of a downer, but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna see how this goes out. But uh, there's some recent news articles, predictions that have come out, kind of sweeping the internet here, where some some uh, companies experts are predicting up to forty percent of worldwide jobs will be disrupted by AI. Some people say as high as sixty percent, which is pretty wild. They didn't I, everything I was reading didn't really put like a, a year a year on this. They're just saying this is kind of like the overall picture. 40 to 60% of jobs could be disrupted by AI. Um, we are seeing that AI obviously is being used more and more in both print on demand and e-commerce. We've said many times, I've said on this podcast, I'm like, you need to get on the train because you're going to get left behind. Um, the amount of, amount of things you can do with AI, the amount of work you can get done in less time. I mean, it's all, you know, you're going to get, you're going to, get left behind unless you really kind of jump on the, the bandwagon here as soon as possible and really integrating this into your business. So my kind of my question or topic of discussion here around this article, around this news out here is will, will graphic designers be extinct in the print on demand world by 2025, which is only a year from now. Okay. I want to talk about that. And I just want to talk about kind of the graphic design area as a whole, because we are seeing that, uh, you know, tools like Canva, uh, like PlaceIt, these kind of tools and, and many, many others. Kittle is another one we haven't talked about much on this mm -hmm. podcast, but I know you've used, yeah, um, I love Kittle. they're integrating AI more and more into those. The need for graphic designers seems to be coming, be becoming less and less. And I think AI is only, um, accelerating that. So talking about, actually, I want to add one more thing here. Um, if you have not heard, you have not used it or play with it, um, ChatGPT has just integrated Dolly into ChatGPT. They've opened up a marketplace, uh, and this this could have been one of our topics today as well, but ChatGPT has opened up this marketplace of apps that you can just plug into ChatGPT that do different things. It's really, really cool, and it's going to be kind of like the app store on your phone where developers are already developing all of these AI, different AI apps that are in the app store. So you can just, whatever you want to do with AI, just hit boom, I want to add this app, adds it into your chat GPT, and now you can do that thing. 
Well, one of the things that they did, one of the first things they did is they integrated Dolly because Dolly's owned by ChatGPT and OpenAI. They integrated that into ChatGPT. What does that mean for print-on-demand uh, sellers and designers and everything? It means that instead of just giving prompts to an AI, now you can have a conversation with the AI as it's designing art. So I recently put out a video on this. You can go check it out on my YouTube channel. It's Carrie Egler where I kind of show you all this. But are you? I don't know if you're kind of hearing what I'm saying, but like what that means is I can say, uh, you know, Dolly, create me a picture of a uh, snowboarder uh, as a cartoon character, you know, doing a trick on a, on a snowboard ramp, right? And then it comes back, it comes back and I say, uh, I don't really like that. The snow, you know, there's not enough snow. Give me more snow. And then it will right. alter that image and, and actually update it for you. Uh, and then I can say, hey, the sky is not blue enough. Can you make the sky a little bluer? Can you make, instead of a guy, can you make it a girl? And I can actually make these changes to the art in a conversational type mode. And what that's doing is it's mimicking the process that you would have with the graphic designer, right? Like mm -hmm. it was just crazy. Cause with the graphic designer, you would be doing the same thing. You'd be, you maybe you're emailing them and over emailing, you're saying, can you make these changes? Can you make these changes? And they're coming back. You're getting version one, version three, version five, version six, seven, eight, until you finally land on the version you want. Well, you can, you can, you're, we're starting to do that with AI. So that's, that's one of the reasons I said here, Will graphic designers in, be extinct with print-on-demand in 2025? Do we need things like Fiverr anymore? Do we need actual graphic designers? Do you need any graphic design knowledge? Uh, I don't think it's there yet. It's really good. You can do a lot of stuff with it. Uh, I don't think that adoption is there yet. But what are your thoughts right off, right off the bat, Adrian, on, on this subject? Um, so first of all, that's a staggering statistic. <laughs> It's not really, it's not a statistic. It's really just a prediction at this oh, point. It's a prediction. We don't know. Okay, okay, okay. Prediction. But, that's, yeah. That's, uh, and this is, these yeah. are experts, you know, big wigs right. predicting this kind of stuff. So my my initial thoughts are there's no doubt that graphic design is going to be disrupted by AI. It already yeah. is disrupted by AI. Even me, I'm using graphic designers less. Like mm -hmm. I used to hire graphic designers on Fiverr, Upwork. I had multiple and I am pretty much doing all designs myself now with yeah. Kittle, which gives you trendy design templates with Canva for really simple, uh, like text based, which is simple graphic elements. Um, and then you've got mid journey. Uh, you've got uh, ideogram. It's just, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's absolutely going to be disrupted. Already is going to be disrupted. Uh, I think it's going to get, even more disrupted. And like, I don't want to, um, I don't want to like scare print on demand sellers. I actually want to kind of flip this and say, guys, this is actually to our benefit. This is actually to your benefit because you're going to have low cost tools that empower you to do the work and make it exactly the way you want it. Uh, in way less time. What's that? In way less time. In way less time, I was just going to say, it's also going to be way faster. Like I would go back and forth multiple mm -hmm. times with my graphic designers. It's faster for me to create most designs myself now. And yeah. so it, I just don't need them nearly as much. So this is actually a good thing. And I want to, you know, I want to give some advice for any print on demand sellers that are kind of like new to AI and they haven't really adopted it yet. Like don't. Don't be scared, be excited because this is going to make your job easier. It's going to make your costs lower. It's going to allow you to do a lot of stuff yourself very quickly. You don't want to do a lot of stuff yourself if it takes you a lot of time, like fulfillment, for example. You don't want to fulfill yourself. That takes a really long time. But things like this that you can do really, really quick. And I would challenge you to just start out by trying one AI feature or tool just to kind of dip your toe, get used to it, see how it is for you. And you'll probably be really excited once you start using it. Maybe that's just using ChatGBT to help you write emails or blog articles. Maybe it's helping you using ChatGPT to help you write a social media post caption. Maybe it's coming up with ideas for designs. You know, maybe it's using a feature like Shopify Magic to help write a product description. 
Canva uh, has AI where you can do, uh, they have the AI art stuff, which isn't that good, but they also have um, AI where it'll also write you a, a, a design description or a product description. So just have fun right now, play around with it. I challenge you, we challenge you to just try one AI feature just to dip your toe. And I think you're going to be excited. And I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised, especially when you start seeing the productivity and efficiency gains, then you're probably going to start wanting to try it out for more things because it really can be a game changer for time savings and time is money. Like make no mistake. Time is money. We are all wearing so many hats and it's important that we are just being as efficient as possible. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely agree with what you said. I think, I think, um, I think, if, you know, if you look at it from the positive perspective, like it's doing so much really great things for certain people. Um, and I also think it's going to create a lot of new jobs, uh, as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, it just, it's, it's, it's pretty incredible the things that it can do. Uh, I don't, I don't think we should be scared of it. I think there's always going to be human aspects that cannot be replaced by AI, um, and so, uh, but it, things are going to change, right? Like, yeah, things are going to change. And, and, you know, just like the internet shook up everything as well, you know, and everybody thought, oh, the internet and the, you know, it's going to, it's going to get rid of all these jobs. Well, it did, but it also created bajillions of new jobs, you know? And so, uh, that, that's kind of the way that I'm choosing to look at it. I do think, you know, and this is a bigger topic, which we definitely are not probably are not qualified to talk about, but uh, I do think there needs to be, uh, faster, much faster regulation around AI, not only in the United States, but worldwide, mm-hmm. uh, there needs to be regulation around AI because, you know, there it, it's, it's the AI is advancing so fast and people are not moving fast enough, you know, governments and, and policymakers are not moving fast enough to actually put some regulation on it because it's, it's moving crazy fast behind the scenes. We may you you don't see it in your daily life, but you know the thing the the things that it can do and the way that it's multiplying and how smart it is is it can be a little scary. Um, so I definitely think we need some regulation on it uh, pretty quickly. But that that would be the the only thing that I would add as far as will graphic designers be extinct in print on demand by twenty twenty five? I would say it might be a little bit early, but uh, around that time, I mean. Or again, we're already seeing it. Like, there's really not a huge need for a graphic designer in print on demand. I mean, I I just can't see I can't see a scenario. I mean, even if you need something that's highly custom, you know, you I, I guess that would be the only the only thing you're needing like some a character or some kind of design that's like very very specific that that you can't get you know you can't get anywhere else. I mean, I think you can still because you still might need a graphic designer for that, but pretty soon. I mean, I don't think there's anything that the AI will not be able to create for you because every version that comes out is just getting so much better. Um, and I'm, I'm seeing it like it's, it's pretty wild to see like mid journey version three versus mid journey version six. It's like, it's crazy, uh, how much better it is. And so it's moving really fast. So, yeah, I mean, that's our take. Anything else you want to add to that? Yeah, I I just want to kind of double down on like, guys, guys, embrace this, lean Mm -hmm. into this and start small, just start, challenge yourself with one, like this will help you be more productive. And, you know, it's, it's not always fun learning new things, but if you learn something new and then realize the efficiency gains and the productivity gains, then it is really exciting. And the earlier you adopt that and the earlier you get those benefits and the more hours you save over time. So one thing I said on the last episode is AI will never replace human connection. We're humans, mm-hmm. we're wired for human connection. It'll never replace it. But like, there's a lot of things to be very excited for as print-on-demand sellers a lot. Like there's already so many ways it can benefit you. So go out there, have fun with it, dip your toes. And, uh, I think a lot of you, most of you are probably going to enjoy and like what you see. For sure. All right. So move on to number three. Uh, this is on the flip side. Little AI is very exciting and, and, and very, uh, can be a, a very much a good thing, but it can also be a little bit of a downer. So we're going to go to a super positive, 
uh, uh, news article here. So number three, online spending rose 5% during the holiday season in 2023 to $222.1 billion, setting a new record for e-commerce. That's pretty amazing. This was for November and December 2023. This was, a again, a new all-time record. Um, so I want to talk about a little bit about why this is important for print-on-demand sellers. But obviously, this is uh, this is huge, right? And in number four today, we're going to talk about one of the contributors to that. Um, but uh, you know, I think really why I wanted to add this on here was I think that as we were going through 2023, we had a lot of ups and downs in you know the economy and different things. A lot of people, you know, a lot of people said we were in a recession. Maybe we still are. Maybe we're not. The stock market is up. It shows we're not in a recession, you know, all, all kinds of different stuff here. But there was a, what I'm saying is there was a lot of uncertainty going into the holiday season in 2023. Mm -hmm. And there were even a lot of experts predicting, Hey, this is when, you know, sales are going to, sales are going to go down. Things are going to, things are going to get really bad when these fourth quarter results come out. And this is not reflective over the, of the entire fourth quarter for just retail sales overall, but this is just speaking to online spending so online spending rose 5% uh, during the holiday season, set a new record. So people were, again, spending more online during the holiday season. Uh, at, you know, Each year, just growing and growing and growing, transitioning more, more of their spent holiday spending to online. So I really want to talk about this in the context of – I want to get your thoughts on it, on it Adrian, but I also want to mm -hmm. talk about it in the context of how do we look at our year knowing that – as, as e-commerce sellers, how do we look at our year knowing that, you know, November and December are going to be humongous. If you just look at the data every year, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Like e-commerce sales just grow and grow and grow. We're not guessing anymore. Like we can say with almost hundred percent certainty that in 2024, this record will be broken because they, we break it every year. It's broken every year. Like, when was the last time it wasn't broken? Like yeah. when was the last year that e-commerce sales were not higher the following year? Yeah. Not but my point was, statistic. my point was that this, this last year in 2023, like I think the feeling was this was going to be the year when it, when it wasn't, you know, like right. we were going to see shocking numbers come out and it still shattered the record. Um, so how do we look at this? How do we think about this? Look at this as e-commerce sellers. Is it something that we should be thinking about even in the early parts of the year, planning for what is that end of the year look going to look like? Um, one of the things in the article that I read, which was interesting, was that there were a lot of very deep discounts from online retailers uh, during November and December, which possibly was one of the things, I mean, I'm sure it was one of the things that contributed to this. Um, so, you know, should we be, should we be holding back some of our sales, really planning for November and December and, and, and doing some really interesting discounts and sales there? Should we be putting more of our marketing dollars into November and December, you know, a, a bigger portion? Like, why is this important to us? Obviously it's super positive and exciting, right? You're a part of a growing, uh, something that's growing each year. And so there's just more opportunity there. What are your thoughts on this? Do you have any thoughts that come to mind? I do. I, I actually have a, lot, I have a lot of thoughts on this. So I, my first thought, I'm just going to get this off because I like, I like putting a positive spin on things and this is kind of negative, but like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just going to say it. So uh, I do think inflation probably play, played a big part in the increase in spending. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure prices went up because just you, all you have to do is go to the grocery store to know that prices are not what they used to be. Um, so I would say that inflation, higher prices probably led to higher amounts spent. Now, on the counter to that, what we did see in 2023 on the positive side for, for print-on-demand sellers is after a lot of print-on-demand companies, essentially since um the pandemic a lot of print on demand companies were raising their production costs they they were you know most of them it seemed like were bumping up their production costs and then finally we started seeing some relief in 2023 and a lot of the biggest ones actually dropped 
prices so, on a lot of their products. Let me stop. Let me stop you for just a second. Let me stop yeah. you for just a second. Because it was interesting what you said about inflation. Obviously, inflation was like the biggest story uh, in the economy of 2023. It was like mm -hmm. crazy inflation. Um, but this, so this article was according to Adobe Analytics. Is they're the ones that came out with these this this number five, you know, the five percent growth. This is I'm gonna read you literally what it says. It's very Let's interesting. It. it says prices have been falling across many product categories sold online, such as electronics. E-commerce prices have dropped for over a year. And we're down 5.3% year over year in December. So that was across 18 product categories, uh, which I believe apparel was one of those categories, uh, which I read in here. Um, it says if adjusted uh, for inflation, online consumer spending would have grown even more during the holiday season. Um, mm. So they were actually showing that year over year, 2023 versus 2022, e-commerce prices were down 5.3%. Uh, uh, across 18 product categories. I mean, yeah. That's pretty that's, wild. That's, and still that's spent more. Wild. What's that? And still the, the, the spending was higher. Right, right. Yeah, that's pretty wild. I mean, it seemed like the production cost increases started in like 2020, 2021 yeah. because of all the shipping bottlenecks, logistic issues and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and But we did see production costs drop like I think Gelato, Printful, mm -hmm. Printify, I think all the big three dropped their production costs for at least some products in 2023, meaning we can pass that on to the consumer as yep. business owners. So that would make a good case for prices going down from 2022 to 2023, because we actually saw some of the the, the lower production costs, like we were a benefactory um, of that. So that's, that's what I want to say about the spending. Uh, the other thing I want to say is uh, I have a mentor and I recently heard him say, never underestimate the American consumer. And he said this in the context of people predicting that the holidays were going to be terrible and Americans weren't going to spend and stuff like that. And that's what he said. He's like, he, he, he said this on like Twitter X uh, before mm -hmm. the holidays. And this might've been the year prior. Um, I forget if it was 2022 or 2023, but he said, never underestimate the American consumer. And he was right. Like following him saying that th there was record breaking sales in the fourth quarter. So yeah. um, the other thing that I want to say about, well, there are two other things I want to say. First of all, like if, if you want to create a long-term sustainable profitable brand, you should be planning for Q4 on like January 1st. Your goal, your strategy should be to build up your audience, to collect a whole bunch of emails, to nurture them throughout the year, and to really ramp up your marketing in the fourth quarter. Yeah. But that email list, you shouldn't be building up that email list like a week or two before the fourth quarter. You should be building it from January 1st onward. That is the best strategy to maximize your results in the fourth quarter. Build, mm -hmm. nurture, and convert. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And then the last thing I'll say, because I do think... I mean, the fourth quarter is awesome. It's where a lot of brands make the majority of their sales and whatnot. However, what I will say is that generally my first quarters have outperformed my fourth quarter. So do not get into this mindset thinking that there's no money to be made in the other three quarters of the year. There is a ton of money to be made. There are always people looking for products for apparel, for canvas, wall art, for mugs, whatever. There's mm -hmm. always a market for that. And if you're double downing on things like special occasions, on holidays, you, you can make a lot of sales. I mean, you think about it. We've got Valentine's Day coming up. Have you noticed that right now, everywhere you look, there are Valentine's Day ads. Mm -hmm. You go on Etsy, it's all Valentine's inspired designs. You go on Amazon, Valentine's inspired designs. All the all the good, like, you know, all these Shopify shops, they're all coming out with Valentine's designs. Like they are leveraging an occasion, a huge shopping occasion where people want to be part of it. Like people want to participate. They want to show their spirit. And 
over the next couple of weeks, we're going to see a lot of people out in the public who are wearing these Valentine's inspired designs or these, you know, buying these other products that maybe they're decorating their house with or something. And a lot of those are print on demand. So there's always opportunities throughout the year. And the last thing I'll say is that winners win all year round. Like if you come up with a winning design, it doesn't matter if it's January, it doesn't matter if it's March, if it's June, if it's August, if it's December, it doesn't matter. It wins all year round. It will win all year round. And you can make a ton of sales in the other three quarters. In a lot of times you might be more than the mm -hmm. fourth quarter. So I just don't want anyone to get this idea that everything has to be about preparation for the fourth quarter. No, you should be trying to make sales right freaking now and you should continue that throughout the entire year. Carrie, totally agree. Totally, your thoughts. totally agree with you. Love that mindset. Uh yeah, what we're saying here in reference to this article and everything is not is definitely not to like let you take your foot off the gas in the first three quarters. Uh you should always be going hundred percent. Uh there's always demand, there's always opportunity. I mean Father's Day, Mother's Day, Valentine's Day, I mean all, all the different things. And on top of that, just the everyday, you know, sales that you can make. Um, it, it, there's amazing opportunity. Uh, what I would say is that the thing that I think hurts me every year is I consistently just see, because we work with so many e-commerce sellers, I consistently see people that just don't take advantage of the fourth quarter. They just don't, they either don't prepare, they just don't do anything. You know, they, they leave their websites the same. They don't run, they don't run any more marketing. They don't put any, any more, any more effort. And I do think that just, you know, you have to have the outlook of, the fourth quarter, there is so much more demand. There is so much. I mean, people have their credit cards out and they're ready to buy things on a whim. Like they're not thinking about what they're spending. <laughs> you know, what I, mean? I know because I do it because I go to the store. I go to these, I, I see these Facebook ads and, and I go to these e-commerce websites and I go to these stores. And when, I, when I'm thinking about buying Christmas presents for my kids, I'm letting it fly. I'm just like, yes, they need that. Yes, they need that. Yes, right. they need that. And then uh, right now I'm paying the price, uh, January 16th. I'm paying the price because 75% of those toys are not getting played with that, I, that they had to have in the fourth quarter. <laughs> I'm like, why did I buy all this stuff? But my point is, I mean, people are a little bit more, they're a little bit more reckless. They're a little bit more careless when it comes to buying gifts for people they love in the fourth quarter. And that, that is an opportunity for us as business owners, e-commerce sellers. And so you have to take advantage of that in the fourth quarter, spend more on ads, send more emails more frequently, put out more content on social media. The eyeballs are there. So definitely take advantage of it, but totally agree with what Adrian said. Do not take your foot off the gas in the first three quarters, tons of opportunity there. Sometimes you can outsell. It depends on so many different things, uh, your niche, different things like that. Um, but you should always be selling, right? Always be selling. Don't, don't there's, there's never a time when you should not be, you know, out there and going hundred percent. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's undisputably the biggest shopping season of the year. And sure. if people aren't buying from you, they're buying from someone else because Absolutely. pretty much everybody in America and most parts of the world are looking, they're looking for things. They're like, look, mm -hmm. like give them selling a service. Put your products in front of them. Give them the opportunity to see that you have an amazing product for them or someone in the same niche mm -hmm. uh, and put it in front of them and uh, you can have a lot of success. I definitely think email is like so powerful in the fourth quarter because, mm -hmm. you know, ads, they get more expensive. It's still a good idea to be at least running lower budget ads, but um, right after, dude, like as you get closer to Christmas and right after Christmas, ad ad prices fall off a cliff and they're so cheap in January. It's like ads are on sale for the month of January. Yeah. And Let's go. Uh, I always recommend to people, I'm like, if, if there's any time you want to test ads, January is your freaking month because the, usually they're never cheaper again that entire mm -hmm. year. So it's a great time to run ads, to test them, and you'll get in front of more people for last because they're usually at the lowest cost, especially with the elections coming up later in the year where a lot of politicians are going to be pouring a lot of money into ads. They'll get more expensive. They always mm -hmm. do in, in election years. But I mean, like right now is an amazing opportunity, uh, yep. assuming you actually have something that people want.
That's, mm -hmm. you know, like if you don't have a product that's a winner or something that is mass appeal in your niche, then no matter how many people you get in front of, it's going to be a small percent of people that actually convert and probably not be profitable. But if you have well-designed, uh, well-researched designs and you created new designs and you think, you know, you have some validation to show that these designs could be profitable, then get out there and start testing. 100%. All right, let's move on to number four. Mm -hmm. So number four, I, I, I'm really interested to hear what you have to say about this because I've never, we've never talked about this on the podcast and it could be something we do a whole episode on, but we've never talked about this. And I'm, I, one of the reasons I put this on here is because I've recently heard about this company on a podcast um, and they were just talking about how like this company has just exploded out of nowhere. And so when I saw this news article, I kind of had to put it in here and talk about this as e-commerce sellers or print-on-demand sellers, is this something we need to be doing right now? It's probably an opportunity you haven't been taking advantage of. But number four is Affirm, the buy now, pay later company, was the highest performing US tech company in 2023. Their, uh, their stock actually skyrocketed more than, it quintupled more than 400% up in 2023. And this is related to, a little bit related to the last story. So buy now, pay later options contributed to the growth in the 2023 holiday season. And uh, other companies like Sezzle, Klarna, Afterpay also saw tremendous growth. Affirm was kind of leading the way. They're, they're the big, the big uh, winner in this category. But my question is, yeah, for this topic, which for, for, uh, for discussion, is buy now, pay later a must-have for print-on-demand and e-commerce sellers in 2024 right now, should you have this on your website? If you don't know what buy now, pay later is, it's basically when somebody comes to your website, they, they, you know, add some items to the cart. There's an option there where they can actually spread it out in payments. Now, I think traditionally we've thought about this in a, maybe a, a bigger, a bigger dollar amount. If it's like $500 plus, you know, we've kind of thought about it in that, but is it a good option even for a $50 order, a $60 order? And maybe what are some of the advantages to doing that or disadvantages? Um, is this a must-have for us in our category, Adrian? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. <laughs> I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say it it's going to help. It's going to help increase your average order value. So yep. there's there's no doubt that these are extremely popular. Um, they have definitely increased our average order value. We've been using them for years. Um so we used Afterpay for a long time and then along came ShopPay. Thank you, Lord. You know, it was awesome because ShopPay was a buy now, pay to later solution that was baked into Shopify mm -hmm. and a totally seamless experience. So when we use Afterpay, what someone had to do if they had never used Afterpay before is they would get to the cart, they would click that they wanted to use Afterpay for their order. And then they were taken to Afterpay's third-party site to complete like all the information. And it created friction in the buying process. And mm -hmm. we did not like that. No one should like that. Friction in the process is not good. It works against you. And so um, we, we, we did see average order values tend to trend up when we introduced Afterpay. Um, but even though ShopPay is actually a little bit more than we were able to negotiate for Afterpay, we still actually prefer it because it's baked right into Shopify and they do not have to be directed to a third-party site to apply for an account and fill out this information. So it's literally never been easier. It, it, it's baked into Shopify. It did not used to be that way just a couple of years ago. So we are very lucky in 2024 to have this at our disposal. And yes, you do pay a bit higher of a transaction fee versus someone using Shopify payments, for example. But here's the thing. If, if, they're, if that's going to be the difference between them placing their order or not, then I would take that bit higher of a transaction fee every day, every day. So I think the way that most work is that you get to break up your order into four interest-free payments. And I think it's over six weeks or eight weeks. I forget. Um, I think it's usually over a six-week period. Don't, don't mm -hmm. quote me on that, but it's like four interest-free payments for six weeks after the order. And that's fantastic because 
Those are interest-free versus credit card. If you wait six weeks to pay off your credit card, you're going to be paying interest on that. So for some reason, over the last couple of years, I, I noticed that BN, the, the buy now, pay later solutions kind of were getting a bad rep. And I was like, why? Like they're, they're allowing people to save on interest payments. If they don't buy them with buy now, pay later, they're probably going to buy with a credit card. That's what, how most people buy online and they're going to have to pay interest if they don't pay that credit card off every month. So like, this is actually a way to help consumers. It's first of all, it's just giving them another option to pay. Some people mm -hmm. don't have credit cards, right? If they don't have a credit card, they can use this option, but it's giving them another option to pay. And secondly, it's interest-free. So I actually think we're doing a huge service to consumers by allowing them to use these. And it just confused me that people thought that they were kind of like slimy and stuff. I'm like, dude, if anything, credit cards are slimy. BNPL, at least it's interest-free. Credit mm. cards, you can be paying 20% interest on that if you can't pay it off in four weeks. So that that argument just never really made sense to me personally. I mean, I'm curious to hear your thoughts, Carrie. Well, I mean, I don't want to get in too much to the to that debate because I think that the I think that the uh I think the argument on the other side is that the interest is much higher if you don't pay it off in the interest-free time period than maybe like mm -hmm. even a credit card. Mm -hmm. um, there, there can be some really steep penalties on the buy now, pay later stuff. Yeah. And I think that the, I think that one of the, the counter counter arguments out there, because I said one of the, one of the things that, uh, contributed to the growth in the fourth quarter was that this buy now, pay later option was there. And I think a lot of, a lot of the experts, economy, economy experts are saying that a lot of consumers were using this option because their credit cards are maxed out and because they're the debt was really high. So that's kind of a, a counter uh, or a, a separate conversation, which we're not here to debate whether, you know, we're not here to whether debate e economic issues. We're here to help you make more money as an, as an e-commerce seller, as a print-on-demand seller. This is a way that you can make more money. We're not responsible for the decisions that a consumer makes. Uh, right. I do think there is a very valid perspective that you're bringing up here and a, a very valid point that, um, it is giving a lot of consumers a better option than credit cards for sure. Um, and some of these are, you know, very generous in the, in the timeframes that you can, that you can get to pay these off. And, uh, at the end of the day, obviously it's up to the consumer to, to, to use their money responsibly and, and pay these off and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, but as just going back to the, 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 uh, initial question here, I think it's a must have as a seller. I definitely think it's something you should be. You should. You have to have it on your website. Mm -hmm. I think one of the arguments, uh, uh, which is very, yeah, it's debatable. Maybe one of the arguments against Shop Pay specifically is that some of these companies are becoming very recognizable and very trusted, like Afterpay, like Affirm, even like Sezzle and these different uh, companies. So when they see that logo on your website, it becomes kind of like a PayPal, a Mastercard, right? As opposed to Shop Pay, might just might not be as recognizable yet. Um, that's one thing that you you might consider to go with a different one if you if you believe that. I don't know that that's really the case. I think ShopPay is a really great option. You've seen a bump with it, I think. So I think that's great. Mm -hmm. If you just want to turn it on, like I just want everybody, I want everybody to listening listening to know, you can literally go in your Shopify account, and just turn it on. Like it's it's there. Just turn on ShopPay. If you if you want to go with a different service because you feel like your consumers might have a little more trust in one of these more recognizable buy now, pay later brands like Afterpay, Klarna, Sezzle. Uh, you can go into the app store, apps.shopify.com. You can literally just install one of these buy now, pay later apps. You can see, you know, if you go to the Afterpay section, it will literally just put a little Afterpay logo on your, on your product page and it will tell them how they can spread it out. A lot of people have already used Afterpay for many things, so it's really easy just for them to log into their account and just, you know, process it all there. So, um, so yeah, I mean that's that's kind of my thought. I definitely think it's a it's a must have. I definitely think it can boost your sales if you're driving uh, you know significant traffic to your website. It is uh, in, important to know that the fee is a little bit higher, like you mentioned. So the fee for you is going to be a little bit higher, but it's at the uh, return or at the exchange of getting a higher uh, average order value, right? Like people are going yeah. to be incentivized to spend more money if they know that they can spread it out and they don't have to pay interest on it and 
they're going to add a few more items to the cart when you know shop pay comes back and says you're approved for 200 bucks and it's like oh i was going to spend 50 now let me spend 150 you know so um so i definitely think it's a must have it can boost sales for sure can boost average order value i would say definitely go turn it on in your shopify account or go get it get one of these apps installed yeah yeah, just two things to say about that. One, ShopPay doesn't cost anything to use. Like you can turn it on. If yeah. no one uses it, you don't pay anything. Like That's great. It's not like there's a monthly app cost or something for it, right? So just mm -hmm. having it as an option, I think is fantastic. And the other thing I'll say is like, I actually think ShopPay is like becoming very reputable now. I agree. Uh, up there with Sezzle, Klarna, Afterpay, like I moved off of Afterpay and went to ShopPay. And I think a lot of other people did too, because- yeah it's a better buyer experience. Like it's a better customer experience. It's more frictionless because they're not taken to the third party site to like fill out their details and, and, and apply if they don't have an account already. Mm -hmm. um, it's baked right in, which I love. Like we love seamless. Seamless is good. Seamless reduces friction and improves conversion rates. So I definitely think that we're going to see in 2024, it, like a lot of people switch over to ShopPay if they're still using these other ones. Um, and a lot of them are already using ShopPay. A lot of people never, ever use any of these. And then when Shopify made it so easy to use ShopPay, people were like, okay, now I really don't have an excuse. Like yeah. I, I'm going to just turn this on and, and offer it as an option for, uh, for my buyers, for my customers. For sure. All right, man. Well, that's going to wrap it up for today's episode. Uh, let us know what you think of this episode. We really want to know. This was an interesting conversation for, for somewhat, you know, important topics here, uh, to talk about. And I, I very much enjoyed talking about it. So, uh, Adrian, thanks. Thanks for your thoughts, man. That was, that was a fun episode. Thank you. That was a lot of fun. See ya. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Print On Demand Playbook Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please help us out and leave us an honest review on whichever platform you are listening from. Thank you so much in advance and we will talk to you very soon. Hey.